Hello Buckeye fans and welcome back to another edition of Outside the Shoe. I'm Meredith Hine and I'm joined today by Jeff Hammersley who's here to chat with us about men's and women's soccer. Welcome Jeff. Hey Meredith, happy to be back again. Let's kick things off with the women's squad. Jeff, it's been a somewhat disappointing start to the season for the Buckeyes as the team is still searching for its first win, but they've also had an extremely tough schedule to contend with. Most recently, the Buckeyes fell to number 12 Texas A&M and number 17 TCU, both on the road. Overall, Ohio State is sitting at 0-4-1 on the season. Jeff, what happened in the Buckeyes' losses to Texas A&M and TCU? Well, Meredith, both of those losses came by one goal, very close losses. Uh, let's take a look at the Texas A&M contest first. It was a clear and hot night reportedly, 96 degrees at match time and it ended with the Aggies remaining unbeaten. The Buckeyes played a solid first half, matching A&M in shots at 7 and having a 3-1 edge on corner kicks. It wasn't for a lack of chances. OSU had a season-high 19 shots in that match. However, the Aggies had the game winner, the eventual game winner, I should say, in the 58th minute. TCU was a similar story from the OSU offensive perspective. The Buckeyes put together a 19-shot effort. Pretty good. However, the Horned Frogs had 21 shots, 12 of those happening in the first half. Those first half shots proved to be the difference maker as three goals for the Horned Frogs were scored. OSU was able to answer with two goals of their own in the second half, courtesy of Blair Cohen and Alyssa Bombick, but it wasn't enough. And that's how the Buckeyes lost their two matches in the state of Texas, both very close matches, but still two losses nonetheless. Even with the losses, the Buckeyes have managed to play their opponents close, including ranked teams on the road. Who on the Ohio State squad has impressed you so far this season? The one Buckeye that stood out to me so far this season, Meredith, is Kayla Fisher. Fisher set up goals against TCU, both of them getting the assist for Cowan and Bombick's goals, and had three total shots against Texas A&M. For the season, Fisher has a goal, three assists leading to five total points and 18 shots. Six of those shots were considered shots on goal. The Buckeyes only have five goals on the season, so Fisher is responsible for a fifth of them. Additionally, she has roughly a quarter of the total shots for OSU. She's a big reason for the Bucks even having chances at scoring goals in these early contests and has been a big cog in the machine for the Buckeyes to even have a functional offense in this early campaign. Up next, the women are scheduled to face off against Miami, Ohio tonight in Columbus. So far this season, Miami has amassed a 1-4 record, having most recently fallen to Kentucky 3-0. Jeff, what do the Buckeyes need to do to get their first win tonight? Yeah, that's a good question, Meredith, and I think it's easier said than done, but I think they have to finish on chances. Shots weren't a problem against A&M or TCU. It came down to getting the ball into the net. Turning shots into shots on goal isn't easy. Like against TCU, the Buckeyes had 19 shots, but only four registered on goal. TCU, in comparison, had 21 shots, but a whopping 12 on goal. Not surprisingly, they had a strong start and held on for the win. Fisher may be the person controlling possession on the attack, but the likes of Megan Cameron Diner, Marissa Burzon, Ariella Pitti, Bombic, and Cowan will have to complete the sequence and score goals. This team has talent, they just have had a tough start to the schedule in the early going. Moving over to the men's side, which has already more than doubled its win total from last season. 
Most recently, the Buckeyes brought home impressive wins over Dayton and Eastern Illinois this past weekend to improve to 3-1 on the year. In the first matchup, it took overtime for the Buckeyes to come out with a 1-0 win over Dayton, and up until the 90th minute for Ohio State to clinch its 3-2 conquest over Eastern Illinois. What were the keys to the game that made the Buckeyes victorious? I think belief. That was the big key, at least to me, Meredith. Uh, Eastern Illinois scored the tying goal in the 83rd minute via penalty kick. The Buckeyes didn't fold, and they, with the heroics of Jake Shepard, scored in the 90th minute. That game-winning goal also had two credited assists to Jack Colland and Braden Durbin. Dayton was a similar story, where the Buckeyes scored in the 92nd minute to seal the win. Holland had the assist there with Joe Ortiz scoring. The Buckeyes haven't given up in these games. They've won those games. And I think that's the big ingredient moving forward, especially now that they have momentum. Two big road wins now for the Buckeyes. And now the question is, can they get the third? There have been a lot of new faces who have already been able to gel with the remaining veteran players on the Ohio State squad. And I say remaining because, compared to last season, there aren't a lot of familiar players on this season's roster. Who impressed you the most in the early going this season? Well, Meredith, I think there's two names that stand out right now for me, and they're at the top of the stat list right now for the Buckeyes. Jack Holland, as we mentioned earlier with the assist, and Devin Entling, who is the one of the leader shooters on this Ohio State team. He has 12 shots. Ohio State has 62 total shots. Uh, but going back to over to the top guy, Holland, he leads the team in points with seven, two goals, three assists. As mentioned, a couple of his assists in the last couple of games have been huge for the Buckeyes to get the wins. And I think that's a very important thing for me, especially when Ohio State had the rough season last time around. This time, they've turned it completely around. It's now three straight wins, the last two coming away from home at Dayton and Eastern Illinois as part of the Dayton Classic. Uh, and I think for Ohio State right now, using that momentum going forward is going to be huge. They have eight goals on 62-shot attempts. They're getting about two goals a game. The opposition is even about 1.5. So from an average standpoint, they're doing well. But Hall and Entling have to be the two guys controlling the tempo for the Buckeyes. If they can do that... This Ohio State team can have a handful more wins before this season comes to a close. Next up for the men is 25th ranked Bowling Green, tonight on the road. The Falcons are 3-0-1 on the season, notching wins over Robert Morris, Wisconsin, and Northwestern. Who do the Buckeyes need to watch out for on the Bowling Green squad tonight? I think there's a couple names the Buckeyes have to keep an eye on, and they're both first names are Chris. Chris Sullivan and Chris Brennan. Chris Sullivan, number 22, Four games played, four games started, two goals, two assists, six total points, ten shots. But the big thing is six of those shots are on goal. So you have to figure if Sullivan gets the ball, more often than not, if he takes a crank at the net, he's going to be forcing the goalkeeper to get up in front and save it. Or whenever he has the possession, you have to figure this becomes a real scoring opportunity. Chris Brennan is in the same kind of boat. Four games played, four games started. He only has one goal but two assists, four total points, 11 shots, and four on goal. So not as much of an offensive threat as Sullivan, but he, he does create opportunities for this Bowling Green offense. And the reason why I mention the offense is this Bowling Green team is really good. And if you're Ohio State, you don't really want to give them too many chances. In fact, you want to limit them. Bowling Green is 3-0-1 on the year. Seven goals so far this season. 1.75 goal average on 51 shots. 25 of those 51 shots are on goal. So just a little under half their shots are on target, on the net. And if you're the opposition, that's a really tough task to stop this Bowling Green team. 
From a defensive standpoint, Bowling Green is stifling the opposition. They've only surrendered one goal so far this season, given up 36 shots, and only 13 of those shots are on goal. That's a little less, or a little more than 36% at 36.1. So if you're Ohio State, now indeed you have to, if you do get the ball, you have to make the most out of the, the minute opportunities you're going to get. Bowling Green is the toughest team that Ohio State has played this season, and it will be a true test to see how far this Ohio State team has come. Tonight's contest will certainly be the toughest match for the Buckeyes thus far on this young season. What do the Buckeyes have to do to leave Bowling Green with a W? Yeah, Meredith, I think it's got to come down to the two guys I mentioned that's impressed me the most, Holland and Etling. From an offensive standpoint, Ohio State, you have to figure. If Ohio State gets maybe four or five shots on goal at best, they have to make the most of them. Holland has to put one behind the net. Etling would be nice to have it, nice to have a chance for him too to score as well. At the same time, Parker Siegfried, I think, has one of the toughest jobs on the pitch against Bowling Green, stopping the offense. He gives up a couple goals. That may be enough for the Buckeyes to take the loss. He's allowed six goals already this season. Not bad after four games, and after that four. Uh, goal surrendered in the first game to Cal State Northridge has only surrendered two over the past three games. Then again, Bowling Green is in a whole different category of soccer. So this would be a real test for everybody. But for the Buckeyes, believing that they can win this game and having the offensive might to stay in this contest and the defensive uh, lockdown of Siegfried out to, to guard the net, that's going to be the big keys. Now, that's a lot easier said than done here. As, you, as I'm, I'm basically just saying stop the goals and score some goals. But that's really what the Ohio State, that's kind of has to be the mindset. If you take it a minute at a time, you take it a possession at a time, who knows what can happen. There you have it. Thanks so much, Jeff. Again, women's soccer is scheduled to kick off tonight at 7 p.m. at home, while the men are playing at the same time on the road at Bowling Green. Best of luck to both squads. And that's what we've got for you on today's edition of Outside the Shoe. Again, we're joined today by Jeff Hammersley, and I'm Meredith Hine. We'll see you next week.